There's got to be an explanation to all these UFO sightings, right? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. Welcome to the newest episode of Beyond the Fame with Jason Fraley. I'm your host, Jason Fraley, picking the brains of the top filmmakers, musicians, and artists of our time. Lady A is nominated for Vocal Group of the Year at Country Music CMA Awards tonight on ABC. I spoke to founding guitarist and vocalist Charles Kelly in 2017 when the group rocked Meriwether Post Pavilion in Columbia, Maryland. Hey, Jason, it's uh, Charles Kelly with Lady A. Hey, hey, man, how are you? Thanks so much for taking the time to join us. Oh, thank you, man. Appreciate it. Now, you guys are obviously touring uh, your, your newest album, Heartbreak, and I can't get You Look Good out of out of my head, especially <laughs> that horn section. I love it. How did you guys work in uh, that horn section? You don't hear that much in country, I guess. Well, I guess Ring of Fire had one, but you know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah, I mean, I think that was, we're always just trying to do something different and, and not repeat ourselves, you know, and um and we were kind of saying the same thing too, you know. We were listening to uh, what we had, and we were like, "Man, it really needs something." And uh, and we were like, "Man, let's just let's just try a horn, you know, a horn section there and just see what it sounds like." And it just <laughs> felt like it fit the song so much. I mean, there was definitely, you know, a little bit of like worry, like, "Man, I don't know," you know. There hasn't been, you know, there's not much horn sections in country music. But the truth is, is like everyone's, you know, we're always trying to. To, to, to push it a little bit and try different things. And I feel like our genre is so wide open with, with so many different sounds now that, uh, you know, and obviously the fans reacted to it so well. It was just, it just showed us as an artist that, you know, you got to take risks, take some chances, you know, and not just be straight down the line. And uh, it's been fun to, you know, really have it, uh, have a song like that too with a live show, you know, being out on the road. I mean, it really has brought a whole new energy to the live show. That's what I was gonna say, man. I mean, I mean, I know you guys have some more, you know, um, heartbreaking songs as well. But man, yeah. you look good must be must be a great summer concert kind of a song. I bet it gets the crowd going. It's been fun too. You know, we've actually uh, because of that. You know, after the AC performance, it was such a, a big moment for us as a band, and um, everybody was like, "Well, now you got to take a horn section down the road." So, <laughs> so we got a couple guys out play with us, and they, you know, they've added horns to like songs like Downtown and Looking for a Good Time, and so it really has been. You know, kind of a fun addition, just to uh, you know, just to make the, to make the live show feel even bigger, and uh, it really has felt like a great addition. And we're super proud of this record. I mean, you know, once uh, You Look Good does its thing, I can't wait for everybody to hear that the second single is, is going to be uh, the title track, Heartbreak, and it's a really you know kind of female empowerment song. Um, you know, it really is a probably our favorite song off the record. So I can't wait for people to hear that as well. Oh man, that was a that's a perfect one to to tease us a little bit. I can't wait for that. <laughs> well, you, you guys, no one does heartbreak like you guys, so I can't wait for that. And uh, how's it been touring with Brett Young, man? Talk about a cool opening act right there. Yeah, man, they're great. You know, we always try to bring um, you know people on the road with us that you know that really have a lot of buzz and 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 will set the tone for the night. And um, you know, we really got. You know, we hit the lottery with Brett Young. Um, you know, we locked him in. He had one song on the radio with us, 
can't sleep without you. And then all of a sudden, you know, in case you didn't know, it just blew up. And so, you know, it really is fun to see all the fans getting their seats early and check him out. And, of course, Kelsey Ballerini, uh, I mean, she's a rock star. So um, it really is, it, it, it's, you know, I remember being in those moments, you know, I always tell them, you know, to try to really soak up these early moments when it's all happening for the first time because, you know, we've been a band now for 10 years. And, um, you know, it, it, it's never, it's, you never get those same, like, first-time butterflies, you know, and, and so you really do have to suck up those moments because it moves so fast, you know? Yeah. And, um, but, yeah, it, is, uh, it, it really is fun to, fun to see that how much they've grown as uh, performers, too, on this tour. Yeah, well, usually when you get those first-time butterflies, usually it means that you're on the right track, so just make the butterflies fly in formation, man. That's the key. Uh, take t- take me back to the beginning. Uh, I know you grew up in, in Georgia, and your brother, you know, and you did some music, too, with you guys growing up, um, but didn't you you met Dave Haywood uh, of Lady A in middle school and wrote your first song at, like, yeah. 14? Tell me about those early days and writing that first song. <laughs> yeah, we, uh, well, we, you know, we went to the same high, or middle school, high school, and even went to the same college together. Um and I, I can't say we were like super, super close buddies, but we played in different bands and stuff. And we we always had a mutual respect for each other when it came to music. And uh, and so after I graduated college, uh, I worked for about a year and then I moved to Nashville. And, um, you know, I was meeting some people and I called Dave up and I said, hey, man, I said, if you ever want to give this a chance, I said, now's the time we can live at my brother's house for free. You know, there's an extra, uh, you know, bed you can you can stay in and let's just see what can happen here. And all of a sudden we meet Hillary and, you know, six months later, you know, had a record deal. It was the craziest, <laughs> luckiest timing, how it all played out. But, um, it really is this crazy, crazy story, how it all went down. But, you know, it, I always feel like life's about being in the right place at the right time, but working hard to put yourself in the right place at the right time. And we really did work really hard in those early days, right. you know, just writing every day and, and going out and trying to meet people and, and yeah. kind of get in the game, so to speak. Since this is radio, paint a, p- a visual picture for me about when you when you first met. How did that happen? I guess you you and Dave are in Nashville, or how did you bump yeah. into her and, and, and form the three of you guys together? Well, so Dave and I were just writing songs, and we were trying to kind of go around and get a publishing deal, really. We really just thought we wanted to be songwriters. And then um, I was out in the bar one night, um, and... Hillary was popping up and um, off and on with the band that was playing and singing a song here and there. And she hopped off stage and, and she had recognized, had recognized me because she was a fan of my brother, Josh Kelly. And I had had some songs on MySpace. And she said, Hey, you're Josh Kelly's brother, right? Charles <laughs> Kelly? Like, I've heard some of your stuff on MySpace. You're pretty good. And I was like, Oh man, thank you so much. And I said, well, my buddy Dave and I are, you know, we're, we're trying to become songwriters and, and she said, yeah, I've been trying to get a record deal and all this stuff. And I said, well, I'd love to write a song with you. And so, anyways, uh, she comes over the next week. And we wrote, um, I think in the first month, we wrote like four four songs that ended up being on our first record. Like Love Don't Live Here, All We Ever Need, all these songs. And it wow. just it was one of those immediate chemistry things, you know. And uh, I don't know, the rest just kind of fell into place. Absolutely, man. I don't. I, you mentioned "Love Don't Live Here." I'll never forget when that that first came on the radio. I'm like, "Who are these guys? I love this band." Uh, and then, of course, um, and then right after that, I guess it was on the same album was was "I Run to You," and I believe it won you guys your first Grammy. But how did how did yeah. how, how did take me into into writing "I Run to You," and how did that one change your life? Because I mean, at that point, you guys were here to stay. 
Well, that that definitely was the the game changer. That was uh, our first number one. I think Love Don't Live Here was at like number three. Mm-hmm. Um, but Run to You, um, you know, it was the first time we had written with this guy, Tom Douglas. He actually wrote um, uh, House Who Built Me and I mean, just oh, such wow. a yeah songwriter. And he um, he has almost like all these lyrics written down in all kinds of different forms. I mean, but he didn't really have a song and a melody. And so we just kind of came in there and like, you know, kind of just pretty much poached different lines that we liked and that fit it. And then, uh, Hillary, Dave and I kind of came up with this chorus and, uh, it was really cool. Cause like usually when we write, we start with the melody first and then lyrics kind of naturally just kind of come out as you're spitballing. But this one, we actually pulled probably 90% of the lyrics from, from this kind of poem he had. And, and so that was definitely a different process for us. And right, right. To this, to this day, I mean, that's probably lyrically my favorite song we've ever written. Oh, wow. That's impressive. I'm Bradley Trainer, And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game. And you can play along. The item might be like, this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. And then, of course, uh, so that one announced you guys. You were, you were here to stay. But, man, the next one, you couldn't yeah. even predict how that was going to change your life. Need, yeah. need you now, man. I just love, like, even the even the music, it's like teardrops on the piano keys in the beginning, you know? The din, din. Yeah. I, 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 oh, it gives me goosebumps. But um, what's it like? To, I mean, because it won, you know, record of the year, song of the year. I mean, this sucker had uh, crossover appeal like crazy, too. But what's it like? I mean, I think it's going to go down as, you know, as an all-timer in country history. What's it like to 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 be in there with the greats, you know, and people are going to make their lists hundreds of years from now. Yeah. I think that one will be on there. Well, thanks for saying that. I mean, it really is kind of wild. Um, you know, I appreciate it more and more now, you know, being in the business and realizing that that really was a once in a lifetime kind of song. Uh, and, it, you know, put us on the map and, um, you know, but I mean, we're always as artists, you know, trying to, trying to beat the last thing we've done. And so, <laughs> you know, we still feel like we've got, you know, hopefully another big need you now in our, in our, um, mix but the truth is you know it set us up so so well for like you know our touring career and and um and you know since then we've had a lot of success with different songs and it's like you know you just can't compare it to the same bar as needs you now it just took on a life of its own you know and yeah uh, but it is it's 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 always the song of the night you know in the show so i can't wait for people to kind of come out there and and sing along to it because it really is that moment And, and it's funny right now you know uh, you look good is starting to kind of take take over that spot too. You know, <laughs> the horns kind of come back out, and, and it really just you know sets the show uh, off right. You know, we have like a little kind of chill moment in the middle of the set, and all of a sudden the uh, horns come back out, and we rock out. You look good, and it's a party again. So we can't wait for people to come out and check it out. Oh, me either, man. I mean, there's so many other songs we could talk to you about, like, you know, American Honey and uh, We Own the Night and Dancing my Heart, Away With My Heart and Hey Bartender. God, there's just so many. You guys have dominated. But maybe just take me into into one more. Take me into Hey Bar- yeah. Bartender. How how, yeah. did, how did you write that one? Yeah, we wrote that on the road. Um, we were actually uh, with a buddy of ours, Rodney Clawson, and we were riding to the um, to our first uh, gig. And, um, and we started this whole idea. Uh, on Dave and I, we on on our bus, you know, the songwriter, and we called up Hillary. We're like, 
pull over to the gas station. You got to come on the bus and, and work on this with us. And um, it just really kind of poured itself out. You know, we had this idea, hey, bar, hey bartender, but it's Hillary's idea to kind of turn it into almost like the, you know, female anthem of, you know, kind of getting over, um, you know, giving, getting over your ex. And so it was, uh, it really did kind of turn it into kind of a bit of a female anthem, you know, for us. And um, I can say that, you know, because we've got a woman group. So the female. Of course. Song, <laughs> we're all about those as well. So that's awesome. Uh, it really is. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's been a big song for us, for sure. So there's your female anthem that, from a, uh, a couple years ago, and now you have a new one that you teased yep. for us, Heartbreak. I can't wait for that one, too. Yeah, you, yeah it's actually kind of a play on Heartbreak. It's giving your heart a break. Ah. Yeah, so it's actually a positive song. So, um, you know, we kind of threw a little twist in there. That was Dave's uh, idea. So, uh, yeah, I can't wait for people to hear it. That's awesome, man. Well, we can't wait to see you guys out there. Um, just sort of in closing, uh, with the crowds that come out to your concerts, have, have you guys, I mean, you guys can can gather the hardcore country fans like me that, you know, grew up with that, and, you know, and but um, have you have you heard from some fans, you know, I guess in the post-Need You Now um, era that, you know, that, that maybe you, the Lady A, was the band that kind of got them to come over and cross over and, and discover this glorious world of country? Like, did, yeah. did they become fans through you? Have you heard from anyone like that? I don't know. I mean, there's definitely, you know, we, we definitely hear some stories like that, but I think country music in general has just grown so much. You know, I think uh, as the, as you know, we start bringing in a lot of influences from other genres, which is just natural, you know. I think that's just because we have access to so much music, you know, now. And uh, so I don't know, you know, it's just, I think people are coming to country to, you know, uh, you know, hear the lyrics and, and the authenticity of it all. And so, uh, you know, it really is fun. We're actually going over in October to, go to the UK and then go to South Africa for the first time. So we're trying to take it around the world for sure. That's so great. Well, congrats on all the success with Lady A and also even, you know, with, with Dirks and uh, the, the your solo stuff with the driver. Like, man, I mean, you're just, you're firing all cylinders, so keep it coming. <laughs> Thank you, Jason. We'll see you this weekend, man. Can't wait. Yep. See you at Merriweather. All right, bye. Later. Thanks so much for listening to Beyond the Fame with Jason Fraley. Our theme music is Scott Buckley's Clarion. Remember to give us a five-star rating if you like what you hear. We'll see you next time. Explain your DNA on, on 10 cases, man. You're inside the police interrogation room with the alleged Potomac River rapist. I'm not guilty on any of this stuff. So calm, so reasonable. Could this be the man who terrorized women for nine years before murdering a brilliant scientist two decades ago? Experience one of the most fascinating true crime podcasts available. Join crime reporter Paul Wagner for Unknown Subject, season three of WTOP's American Nightmare series. Search American Nightmare podcast on all podcast platforms.
I wanted to take a second to tell you about an app I really enjoy. Living in the D.C. area is great, and Podcast D.C. gathers all of the local shows that I like all in one local app. Health, sports, local news, politics, and so much more. Podcast D.C. is the new local app with hundreds of D.C. area podcasts to choose from. I can earn exciting rewards just for listening and share the podcasts I love instantly. Available in the App Store or in Google Play, listen local with Podcast D.C.